Welcome to Becoming Referrable, the podcast that shows you how to become the kind of advisor people can't stop talking about. I'm Steve Wershing. On this episode, we interview Kelly Decker, executive communication coach, president of Decker Communications, and co-author of the book Communicate to Influence, How to Inspire Your Audience to Action. As financial advisors, our job is actually to persuade people to do the right thing. We need to influence their behavior to help them create good outcomes for themselves. Yet, during our education as financial advisors, we're taught all of the disciplines and strategies of financial planning, but not much about how to communicate effectively with clients. In this conversation, Kelly helps us understand how advisors often actually come across, and it's not how you hope. She shares with us a lot of good ideas on how to create a communication experience, how to influence, how to make the conversation about the client, how to connect with people in a way that boosts your likability and engenders more trust, how to communicate authentically, and we discuss the relationship between effective communication and referrals. There is nothing more fundamental to being as successful as a financial advisor than communication, and I think you'll find a lot of useful advice in this interview. And so here is our conversation with Kelly Decker. So Kelly Decker, welcome to Becoming Referrable. We're thrilled to have you. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to our time together. Um, Now, um, I've seen you speak and I've seen you work, but uh, a lot of our listeners may not have. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and about your company? Sure. Our company is Decker Communications. We're based in San Francisco with an office in New York, and we are all about helping people and empowering them to become more effective communicators. And what we mean by that is that we really want to provide tools and opportunities for people to become more effective. And by people, I mean, we're really talking about business leaders and professionals, and we want to empower them to do it. So we don't, we don't want you to have to rely on us. We want to give you the, the tools and, <laughs> and some pointers on how to move that forward. And my husband, Ben Decker, and I run the company, and we have been running it together for, boy, since about 2005. Prior to that, it's not, but that's, you know, we've actually been in business for much longer. My father-in-law started the company back in 1979. And he was really one of the very, very first people to think about business communications training and specifically using video feedback as the primary tool to get people to become more effective communicators. And he was actually a filmmaker before he started the company. And so he had this great experience creating documentaries And one day kind of turned the camera around on himself and went, ooh, boy, I need help. And if I need help, then I bet a lot of other people. (laughs) So he really started what we call the Decker method in terms of, you know, how do you think about not only the words you say, but how you come across as you say them and how that ultimately impacts people. He sold the company at one point in time, and we had the opportunity to buy it back and relaunch it. And so I work with my husband and my father-in-law, which makes wow. more wow. communication challenges. Maybe we should well, talk I, about I, that. I it's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's a testament to your ability to communicate clearly. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. So, but it's... it's Fantastic. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. So your, your, so your book with Ben is Communicate to Influence. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about what, what does it mean to communicate to influence? Yeah, communicating to influence for us is about thinking about creating an experience. And it's about changing the way that someone thinks or acts about you 
or your firm or whatever topic is at hand. Now, the problem, or I guess I should say the opportunity, is that we default to information instead of influence. And that totally affects and changes the experience that we're able to create with people. And this could be this could be one person, five people, 10 people. It could be 100 people in a more formal presentation. But the fact is, is that instead of moving the ball forward, maybe with, you know, for advisors with a prospect or a center of influence, our message can totally end up falling on deaf ears if it's strictly about information and not about influence and the experience that you create. Well, and so I, I, I see that happen with advisors and, and not just in, in groups like you're talking about, but even one-on-one and not even necessarily with prospects or centers of influence, but with clients where you know the, operate, the operative theory is, well, I'll just give them more and more information, then they will see it my way. But that's often not how it happens, is it, right? That's right. Not at all. And, and that's kind of, but that's our, that's our default, I think, for, for all communicators is, is that we start where we are. We don't start where they are. And so we end up creating a message that, you know, makes a whole lot of sense to us and benefits us. And one of the things that we focus on with our clients is how do we shift this message? How do we shift this experience from one that's self-centered, like I've got this agenda and I got to lock down all these things to audience centered or listener centered? And how can I really make it about them so that they see why it matters to them, what they can do differently? That's what communicating to influence is about, not communicating to inform. Okay. <laughs> and is, is that a, a subset of communication? I mean, can I imagine there's a number of people who consider themselves to be good communicators. They're, you know, they're articulate, they, they you know, they get the message across, but, but perhaps they're not influencing in, in that way. Or, is communication influence in a way? I mean, are they tied up together? They're definitely tied up together. And we think about that in terms of the overall experience. So we think about that with not only, again, the words that you say and how you're crafting an argument or how you're crafting a message or you're crafting a presentation, you're crafting a welcome at a rotary event or something like that. It doesn't matter what it is, but that's one piece of it and making that very, very relevant to your audience or your listeners. But then the other side is that is that emotional connection we create with others through our delivery and how we come across. And people might think that they're pretty darn good, and, and legitimately some are for sure, but there's generally always something that we can be working on to make us that more effective, make us connect more, build rapport more effectively, be able to be trusted and believed. And I think that's a, that's a huge challenge for advisors. You know, how they come across is critical. Referrals are great. But people still judge quickly. So they're thinking, you know, they judge in the blink of an eye. Do I like this person or not? Do I trust this person? Was my friend or colleague or associate right in referring me <laughs> to this person right, right. as they're having the conversation? Yeah. And, um, you know, you're, you're still trying to influence them even, you know, even if, uh, even if it's not a, a selling situation, right? I mean, it, 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 we're trying to advise people and persuade them to do things. It might be to sign up as a client or it might be just to get the client to do the right thing. And, and that's influence too. That's right. And it and it takes, I mean, what you bring up here, Stephen, is that that takes thinking about who it is that you're speaking to, not going in with your own agenda, but what's important to them? What are the challenges? What are not just driving in with, okay, we've got our quarterly meeting that we're going to, you know, just roll through the performance and see how things are going, but what what should be changed? What should be different? How do we need to approach something? How do we need to think about something differently? And that's not just switching an investment, but it could be behavior. Right. And so what, what are some of the principles that, that, that advisors 
could benefit most, m- most from learning so that they can communicate more effectively and, and with more influence? Yeah, I think there's, there's two different things that we think about. Again, it's the words that you say and how you come across as you say them. If you think about how you're coming across those behavioral skills, I think the number one thing to do is to get some feedback and boost your awareness because chances are you haven't seen yourself. You don't know how you come across. Maybe you haven't gotten feedback from someone recently. And so that helps tremendously just to understand how you're coming across. Are you coming across as underconfident or less certain simply because a couple of the behaviors that you're doing? Do you have things like non-words or filler words that creep in and might get someone to question your credibility? Those kinds of things make a really big difference. You know, even something as simple as eye communication. So let's say I'm an advisor and I'm talking across the table to a couple and my attention is totally focused on the man and that's it. And I don't, I don't realize that my habit is there, even though I don't mean to be. I mean, that's the thing about all of these things. They're just habits. And that's the good news. They can be changed. But what are your current habits and how are they hindering that communication experience that you're creating? So that's on the delivery side of things and how you come across and how others are perceiving you all have to do with these little behavioral things that you're doing and habits that you've picked up along the way. On the other side is content and creating this content that shifts from information to influence which includes a couple of things that we've talked about already is, you know, knowing your audience and, and finding the right, finding the why for them. What's the why? What do you want them to change and how they think or act and why? So is, is a part of the training that you do then effective questioning on the, if it's an existing client, presumably you do have some information, but if it's a new prospect, you may not have that information coming in. That's right. As much as you can, you will always benefit from, from knowing more about your audience, your listener. You'll always benefit. So find out what you can. Sometimes we, we don't even do the simple Google search to find out more when it's that easy. And you can find out a a few different links to bring in that can help boost that connection right out of the gates. Yeah, absolutely. So, and you mentioned, uh, you know, eye contact, filler words, underconfident, you know, talking to the man just to, for the sake of completeness, are there other habits that you often see? And, and I appreciate that we may not even know we're doing these things, but (laughs) if you had the checklist, (laughs) Yeah, sure. They have to, everything has to do with, you know, first connecting with your listener. We do that largely through eye communication. Then it's about energy and projecting energy for this keeps people tuned into what you're saying. This is where you have the opportunity to show your passion for the work that you do, the passion for working with clients and some of the great results that have come out of that. And that comes through your voice, that comes through gestures, that comes through movement, those kinds of things. And then finally, we talk about how to add credibility to your message. And that's really being aware of things like filler words, but using the power of the pause and using that effectively so that you can- Just did that very well. (laughs) Congratulations. We try to model that as much as we, it's not a, it's not a do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> Although so in, in, you can leverage in, the power of the pause down. In, in an audio medium, of course, you know, we're immediately trying to jump into the middle of that because it's, yeah. like, it's, it's not quite fair when you're not sitting in front of us. But um, how, how, how could an advisor um, learn more about what, you know, how could, how could an advisor get some of that feedback to learn more about, you know, what kinds of things they could do to improve um, their communication? 
Sure. The the very best thing that you can do undoubtedly is to see yourself on video because that kind of gives you the whole picture. You see how you come across, you hear how you come across. But I realize that we don't often just have video cameras set up, nor do many people want to, <laughs> for that matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's talk about that. Thank you. But you could very easily on a next on a call, for example, on a conference call, just hit record on your smartphone and listen to your voice. You can hear whether or not you're smiling. You can hear if there's any energy behind your voice. You can hear some filler words that creep in along the way. So that's a really powerful tool. Listen to it back and give yourself some feedback. And then if not, have someone give you feedback. In your next meeting, maybe a colleague or someone, a partner in the office or something could give you, say, hey, I'm, I'm thinking I, I kind of come across this way. Can I'm looking out for this filler word. Can you keep an eye on it and let me know at the end of this meeting? So people feedback is a great way to get some quick uh, awareness of what's happening. So for financial advisors, is is the big opportunity looking at their client review meetings? Or <clears throat> I assume there are other opportunities, but do you see that as one of the big places where this could really have an impact? Yeah, I think that's certainly an obvious one. And, and maybe taking the step to reimagine what that could be. So, uh, it, and, and whether it's a new client meeting or a client review meeting, but really considering, you know, what kind of experience do I want to create here? And I want to, I want to create one of influence. I want to move them somewhere. So you start thinking about this destination that you want to take people to in advance, as opposed to, all right, what have I been doing every single quarter for the life of this relationship? We're going to check through the boxes just as we normally do. We'll do some updates on the numbers and we're ready to roll. I challenge everybody to just step back and think, how, how could this be different? What's an alternative way to do this? Could I send some of the basic information in advance over an email, for example? Mm-hmm. Or could I give them a summary of this in some different way and then spend the bulk of the time really digging into the future or what's next or what does need to shift or change or ways to think differently about some of the work that you've done together in the past? This is such well, an important point. I, I don't even yeah, want it to yeah, yeah. pass without really hearing what you just said about thinking about what the destination is. Because I think you're right. So often the destination is I get through the next hour and I've done what I said I would do. Yeah. But when you start to think about influence and behavior change, like what do you want for the client? What And, and it, to get intentional about that, I think is a, a very is a fundamentally different way to think about your objectives for a meeting. That's right. Well, and and I'll I'll add to that. You know, if when an, when a lot of advisors think about the uh, you know putting together a meeting, they think about well, I'll tell them this, and then I'll tell them that, and then I'll I'll, I'll fill them in on this. But um, you know, in your book, Kelly, you, you you talk about a communication experience, and so can you elaborate a little bit more on on thinking about creating an experience as opposed to just what you want to tell people? Yeah, at the very basic level, it goes back to those two things the words that you say and how you come across as you say them. And it's all about being intentional. I mean, as Julie mentioned, that's the key. It's about being intentional and thinking about it way in advance. Too often, it's just, we, we just get into the habit. It's a standard meeting. It's a regular meeting. I want to get through the next hour, just like you said. But stepping back and go, gosh, how, how could I make this different? And challenge yourself to do it. And maybe it's leading with a story. Maybe it's coming with kind of a... a a new structure for the meeting and how to be thinking about it. I think, you know, one of the things that I think advisors have 
a really incredible opportunity to just communicate more effectively is to have this mindset of assistance. And I was thinking about this as I was prepping for this. And, you know, if you think about Google and Amazon, so Alexa tells me the weather when I get my morning coffee, Google tells me that I better, oh, (laughs) that was well timed. Uh, That was awesome. She's listening. There you go. That's Alexa. There she is. I can't say her name. Oh, sorry. (laughs) So, so then, but if you think about Google, I've got to leave my house twenty minutes early just to get to my first meeting on time because of traffic. So, this assistance mentality, I think it's a huge opportunity for all of us to be obsessed with serving. And I love. Danny Meyer and and studying all the work that he's done. So he is a great New York restaurateur and founder of Gramercy Tavern and my personal favorite, Shake Shack. (laughs) And and he coaches now, he coaches companies in hospitality. And he defines hospitality as being on their side, your guest side, your employee's side, your client's side, and having their backs. So, you know, I think for advisors, if they could reimagine this, you know, quarterly check-in or review meeting lead with how you want them to think or act differently based on the fact that you're on their side, you have their best interest in mind, and you're really leading with this kind of proactive intentionality around it. Okay. Now, um, you know, what we focus on in this podcast is about referrals. So in addition to, uh, you know, doing the quarterly updates and those kinds of things, how can some of these principles be applied to um, attract more referrals? If we go back to just thinking about the words that we say and how we approach that, you know, number one is making it about them. So start where you want to start where they are, not where you are, and give them a really good reason to come with you. So what's the right lead of the story there? Is it is it you need to have a tax focused message, for example? Do you need to have you know, what different route do you need to take with that particular individual to stimulate the referrals, find the right lead of the story associated with it, and then make it really concrete with some action steps. Like, hey, here's, here's, this is the direction you go. Here's what you need to do. And then here's what you get if you do it. So p- provide a benefit to that for the referrer okay. <laughs> in that case. So, so the assumption being that if you, if you can communicate in that way, then people are likely to tell others or share that information or in fact be able to share the information because they've heard it from you in a in a meaningful way. Yeah, that's right. And adding all of those stories, I mean, I think one one quick thing that people can start doing immediately is to find three stories and have them ready in your back pocket. I mean, that that is what generates referrals. So these concrete examples, these where I can have a visual image in my mind of the work that you do, of the performance that you can help generate, of the relationships that you build. And then all of a sudden, boy, I'm ready to refer from there because of the great stories that you've got. And is storytelling part of the the, the tenets that you, you teach with communications? It is. You know, we, we call them, so we, we have a whole framework for how we lay out a message. And it's a lot of what we talked about here. You know, make it about them, find the lead of your story, get the right action steps and benefits in there. But, and that's all wonderfully logical. But I love the saying that logic makes you think and emotion makes you act. So those things like stories are the things that build that kind of emotional connection, get people to do something. Because I, 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 there's some great work by Harvard professor John Cotter. 
and he's a he's an expert on change. And he said, you know, the the way that we normally try to get people to change is get them to think about it, analyze it, and then they'll change. So we provide lots of data, provide lots of analysis, but a more powerful way to get people to change is to get them to see it, feel it, and then they change. And that's what great stories and examples do. So we we teach something called SHARPS. It's an acronym. It stands for Stories, Humor, Analogies, References and Quotes, and Pictures and Visuals. And if you can build one of those into any of your messages, then it's huge in terms of memorability and ultimately the action that your listener is going to take. And is the choice based on the circumstance or do you find it's it, it's just what you're, you feel more comfortable with? What, what leads you? Yeah, I think it's it it's based on the current message and who it is that you're speaking to. I mean, the more personal that you can make it, the better. Mm-hmm. You know, the more relatable, certainly. So, but that goes back to starting where they are. Who is it that you're speaking to? We just don't give ourselves enough time to let that stuff sink in and do the very very basics. I mean, none of this is rocket science. So it's just we've gotten into some bad habits along the way. Mm-hmm. Um. So one, so we're talking about getting people to uh, to do things. How about getting them to to recognize certain things? Like how how could um, how could you differentiate yourself with uh, with some of these principles? Uh, I think that uh, one thing to become aware of. Not only you know we talked about how you come across, but when it comes to content, get rid of the jargon. Just eliminate the jargon. I mean, that itself is a massive differentiator. So when you start talking about integrated solutions of wealth management and fee only and having financial peace of mind and ca- talking about cash flow management and tax strategies, I, it just, for the, for the most part, flies over people's heads. So you want to, even somebody that you are, you're trying to generate referrals, you want to give them language that you, that they can use to go speak to others about it. And that goes back to all the sharps. That goes back to stories and analogies and references and other client stories, things that you can bring in that will make that message that much more impactful. That's a huge, huge differentiator. And something that people should stop doing immediately is eliminate the jargon. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And we'll we'll pick on, on, you know, one of my favorites is, is to, you know, Tell people about how you're different because you're a fiduciary. Right, right. Because that word, and that, yes. and that may be true, and it's <laughs> and it's an important concept, and it totally gets lost on people. So, well, and that goes to the curse <laughs> of knowledge. You know, we're all cursed by knowledge, and you know, the curse of knowledge right. is something that a co- behavioral economists and psychologists have been studying for years and years and years. And it basically says it's really hard not to know everything that you know. <laughs> So when you communicate, right, right. you go well, from that yeah. base of knowledge, not from your listener's base of knowledge. And so that's why the jargon right. makes sense to us. And fiduciary has, I've got a picture of my mind, in my mind of what that means. And yet when that message tries to move to somebody else that doesn't have that same base of knowledge, it doesn't resonate. Right. Well, and, and to get to your point about coming from where, where they are, you know, once you've done this or any any discipline for a long period of time, you forget that people outside the discipline don't know what you know. That's right. And so it's, you know, it, so it can be really hard to try to put yourself back in the place of the listener. And like you said, trying to unlearn or not, not necessarily unlearn, but forget that, you know, all of these different, all of these different aspects. So, you know, you said that they should stop using jargon. Are there other kinds of things that, that, that uh, someone like a financial advisor should stop doing to communicate more effectively? I sim- similarly to the jargon piece of it, you know, don't don't lead with yourself. 
I, I've seen some advisor presentations where it's like, let me tell you about me and my firm. And that's the first 15 minutes of a meeting. Mm-hmm. And that just doesn't feel real listener focused to me. That feels very speaker focused in that particular case. So that's, and that's what's so hard. We start from this place of, Hey, let me, let me just get through the basics. It starts with my introduction. Let me tell you about me. Well, that's what the person's hearing on the other side of the table. They're hearing, Oh, it's all about you. And it actually has nothing to do with me. Thanks. (laughs) So there's, (laughs) there's no connection there. They're not thinking about the experience that they're creating. You know, I want to, as a, as a, as a client, for example, I want to trust and buy off. I want to build this rapport, but that doesn't necessarily mean you telling me about the history of your firm. So I, I, go ahead. I was just gonna say, yeah, I I wrote a blog recently and it was, I sort of related it to a bad date and imagine you went on a date and all they did was talk about themselves for the first 20 minutes of the conversation, right? You'd be out the door so fast. (laughs) Definitely not a second date. That's for sure. Are you finding, I mean, you've been focused on this in running the business and building the business for many years now. I mean, have you, are you seeing communication changing or are, is, are these just really fundamentals that we need to remind ourselves of? I think they're, t- they're complete fundamentals. Uh, and I don't just say that from a very biased perspective, um, <laughs> but but they are they're fundamental to our interaction with other human beings, and that is just not going away. I mean, no. that and while there will be a digital component, no doubt, and robo advisors are certainly something to understand and learn about and think about and consider, but. These are these are basic fundamentals that goes back to that connection. It goes back to relationship. There are things that will not take place of that and will not usurp them. Are there things that will uh, that you see as different, say, on a generational basis? So, if these are the fundamentals, um, is there a, a a reality to the idea that it's it's different if we talk to kids or things that we need to be doing over and above not kids but the kids of our clients? Yeah, I think that 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 goes back to just the general principle of meet meet your listener where they are, and that might mean that in a family meeting, for example, that. I have to speak a little bit different to the next generation. You know, we're talking this way here. I've got to incorporate some other pieces to meet the next generation, for example. So, and understanding, I think, how to incorporate digital in the right way to communicate effectively with others. So, you know, from from a referral standpoint and building referrals, I mean, there's there's a whole lot that can be done by way of you know, Twitter and, and social media and all of that to help generate additional referrals as well. And that has to do with, I mean, from a communication standpoint, that's really about being who you are authentically and letting that come out in these other, in these other media as a way to have others understand and know about you. Right. So, I mean, that's a, you know, there's a principle which, which we didn't address specifically, but presumably that, that is, is critical whether you're talking face to face and and getting rid of the mask that that so many people may may put on to sound smarter or more experienced. Yeah, that's right. You know, we we see that a lot. We see people turning on. It's like, okay, when I have to communicate or I've got an important meeting or I have an important presentation, mm-hmm. I turn on. And 
I come out in this way that's not authentic. That's not what people like about me. I get really all of a sudden professional and serious and <laughs> and it's not connecting. And so we're always challenging people to be super authentic. Like you should be, it's just a matter of kind of turning up a dot, turning a dial up or down. So be who you are standing in the backyard, talking to people at a barbecue. That's what's likable. That's what's connecting about you. And you can bring that into all these different situations. Just because you're in a work situation all of a sudden doesn't mean you have to kind of take all of that personality away. And that's what we see a lot of times. Interesting. So um, as, uh, as advisors try to take a look at how they communicate and how they can incorporate some of these principles into, into what they're doing, what, what would, what would be some of the top things you would put on the, on the top of that to-do list for advisors? Well, so to kind of just summarize some of the things that we've been talking about, one would be reimagine your review meetings, reimagine what those standard basic meetings look like and how can you plot that destination? How can you map out the experience and navigate to it so that you're not just providing information, but you're doing that in an influential way. So you kind of map that out and then you think, okay, what, what's the message? Am I starting where they are? What's the lead of my story? I don't have a data dump of information this time. I have one thing that I'm trying to change in how they think or act. And then it's ultimately about how I come across as I'm presenting or how I'm coming across as I'm communicating. Am I connecting again in an authentic way with this person and building the rapport and the trust and the likability and the credibility that comes along with it? And as you know, something I just want to um, highlight something that you said before because you you brought it up in, in this suggestion about reimagining the the review meeting. Um, you know, you had had suggested before, um, you know, reaching out to people and finding out what they want to talk about, what what kinds of things they would like to have on the agenda, what's on their minds, and you know, that's so important. Uh, Julie and I, when we did our study last year about about referability. Um, one of those things that was associated with a higher level of referrals was just asking people what they would like to have on the agenda for the review meeting. Wow. And, you know, we, uh, so, so what are some other ways that they could do that? I know in, when I do advisory boards, you know, we, we dissect the review meeting and we sort of deconstruct it and, and, and find out people's impressions of different parts of it and what kinds of things they want addressed that weren't addressed or, you know, would like they, what they would like more time for, less time for. What, what other ways can you think of that, that, they, that they could reimagine that kind of interaction with clients? You know, I, I think you make a great point of, of just checking in with them and how simple and easy that is to get a little bit more information. We just, again, we get into the method that we always have gone about preparing for these meetings and we don't do anything different. So really just taking that next step and uh, what might be perceived as a little bit of a risk to change something and reaching out to them. So I think that's, that's incredible. That's awesome. The other piece of it is just opening, I think, opening up the conversation and having during the meeting as well. And if as much as you can get them talking instead of yourself is such it's it, there's so much that you can do with that in terms of guiding them in the right direction and continuing to build that relationship. Even in a review meeting, is that uh, because I know that what a lot of advisors feel like is they need to inform the clients about what's gone on in the portfolio or what's happened and, and, you know, different things, but, but it sounds like you're saying, um, getting them to talk more, even, even in update meetings. Why not take the opportunity to connect? I mean, that is, 
I think this whole notion of plotting that destination, thinking about the experience that you want to create, it's a missed opportunity if you don't do that. I mean, how often, how often do you have to sit in front of this person? Maybe, maybe once a quarter, if you actually get everything scheduled, but what is the opportunity there? Having a list of questions to open up dialogue, having additional examples or things that you can pull from, from your other experience with other clients, for example, that's making the most of it. That is making sure that you're not missing an opportunity to connect and build a relationship, which then of course will build your referrals. Exactly. Well, I think we just found the title of the episode is, you know, why not take the opportunity to connect? Yeah, why not? That's, that's awesome. Well, um, we're, we're, we're just about at time. So, um, Kelly, I'd like to thank you very much for joining us. It's been a great conversation. You know, advisors can benefit so much from the principles that you go out there and tell people about. Um, would you like to tell people how they can find you and how they can find uh, your book or your services if they wanted to take advantage of them? Oh, absolutely. Thanks. Uh, head over to Decker.com. That's where you'll find all the information about all the different kinds of training programs so that you too can see yourself on video yeah. <laughs> and get coaching. <laughs> so there's, there's that as a resource and Communicate to Influence. Our book is available on Amazon and whatever other online book sellers of your preference. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great. Yeah, thank you. Oh, thank you both. It's been a pleasure. Hi, it's Julie again. It was great to have you with us on Becoming Referrable. If you like what you've been hearing, please do us a favor and rate us on iTunes. It really does help. You can get all the links, show notes, and other tidbits from these episodes at becomingreferrable.com. You can also get our free report, Three Referral Myths That Limit Your Growth, and connect with our blogs and other resources. Thanks so much for joining us.